have a wonderful opportunity to hear our senior pastor, Pastor Caleb Cheng, speak to us. So, welcome. I believe I have a big apology to the English ministry congregation because I have been here uh, almost two years, but uh, seldom they come to visit you. Uh, you know, my I have a, a tradition. I normally go to the uh, congregation or fellowship who, who are weaker. They need help. So for some congregation like this, with good pastors and elders, there's no need of me. But that's maybe an excuse, but I owe you a big apology. Uh, also, thanks, uh, Pastor Chuck and uh, David. Grant me the opportunity to share the Revelation chapter 19 to you. And uh, sorry, I, I bring you with such a hoarse voice. I heard my uh, vocal cord. So, so with your prayer, I try to survive through this. And uh, one more service is in the afternoon. So only three times today. Well, <clears throat> when the mushroom cloud rising from Hiroshima and Nagasaki, those are the real picture, I was told, when the two A-bomb dropped. In those clouds, how many lives and how many properties and also many, many lives went afterwards. We always ask a question. Is this humane? And if you ask the Japanese people, they are not. Definitely not. It's unfair. However, if you ask the history, and the politicians or the military people said, if we not drop those two bombs, maybe more life will be killed. And uh, so when on our end of the you, uh, the nation or the world see those as victory. And uh, we come to the chapter 19 of the book of Revelation. Some people said it should be connected to chapter 16, which is the last seven bowls of judgment. And uh, in the book of Revelation, you can see clearly seven seals and seven trumpets and seven vials of bowls. And, uh, and between 16 and 19, there are two chapters and talk about the fall of Babylon. The, the chapter 17 is the fall of the mystic, the religious, the worship Babylon, which is a mixed mixture, a, mi a mixed uh, worship. It's more of satanic worship. And the chapter 18 is a fall of economic Babylon which is we know very well. And today I have a very bold uh, request or try. And even Pastor Chuck warned me and may not be accustomed to English congregation, but I may I invite you all stand up to read today's scripture with me. And you're going to be reading very loud to save my voice. May you do it. And this chapter has a 21 verses. We only uh, read 16 verses for a reason. And how about shall we do it together? 
verse number one. After this, Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for your word, your powerful word, the word of things to come. Lord, grant us the equivalent face that, I can, that we can see what Apostle John see, saw and heard. Lord, help us open our mind, open our spirit, that I may be touched, we may be touched by your Holy Spirit and by the revelation of your word. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. I'm sorry for that. I don't know why. So disappeared. I hope everything's still there. Okay. Sorry for the transparencies. I use a bilingual because from CM to EM and then to CM. And uh, <clears throat> if you concentrate on the English We'll be fine. And first of all, when we read the verse 1, you see it's saying, Hallelujah. However, in original language, it, was, it is imperative mode. Imperative, that means it's a calling. It's a command. To praise Him is a calling. To praise Him is a command. So many times we follow our feelings. 
When we're feeling low and we cannot praise Him, we only can beg Him to do whatever to help, to help us. But here it said, it's a command. Be praised God Almighty. So praise is a calling, calling to all brothers and sisters who know His name, who may not wholly, totally experience of His power and the grace, but you're still able to praise Him. Sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't feel like it, but when the time you don't feel like it, probably is the most important time you need to praise Him. And in the, in the uh, <clears throat> verse 6, saying the, the voice of praising is like, uh, like, uh, uh, like multiple, uh, multitude, like a great multitude, like a row of rushing water like a loud peals of, of sun thunders. Brothers and sisters, you know why I ask you to read Bible with me? Can you feel the difference? And I will go back to tell the CM, the EM can read Bible even better and louder. In the early uh, Christian, uh, Christian church, when they received the letters from the apostles, they read together. I don't know, they read in this way, or they stand up, or what. But they read together, without much upper preaching. And the brothers and sisters, just reading his word, is a blessing that the, the power of his own word can touch you. And the power of the reading, the song of reading together from a congregation, is the most beautiful song you can make to praise God. So, if in the future, in the heavenly praise, hallelujah, going to like this, brothers, my, I invite my brothers and sisters to rehearse, to practice this kind of a reading and a praise together. And uh, why we have to praise Him? In the Bible, in those verses saying several reasons. The first one, because we praise him because what he is, his attribute. And in the verse uh, 1 saying, we praise him, his glory and the power. And in verse number 2 saying, his judgment is true and just. Those are glory, power, true and just. If you remember, a few weeks ago, when Pastor Chuck preached and uh, say his judge is true and just. And his judgment has to be that way because that's his attribute. We praise him because that is his attributes. The second, also the, the, the big uh, multitude praise him for his salvation. But he saved us. He died on the cross for each one of us. For those who are sinners, we realize who we are, and come before Him, and receive Christ into our heart as our personal Savior and the Lord of our life. We become regenerated. We become renewed. We, we get His life as our new life. And so His salvation, every time we, sing, we consider what kind of a sinners we are, filthy, and we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't do anything any way better to save us. 
The more we try, the more fail, failure we experience. And, but He saved us. When He saved us, He not give us all the laws and the doctrines, one, two, three, but He gave us precious words. And He gave us His Holy Spirit. And in drilling inside each one of us, He's not only died for us, He lived for us. He lives inside each of us. Now we can live Him out of ourselves. And so we praise Him, of course, for His salvation. But here, said we praise Him because His judgment. He has condemned great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of His servants. What kind of picture is that? It's a horrified picture. It's a cruel picture, just like those two mushroom cloud. It's a, it's a judgment. Why we see God's, those action, we praise Him. His judgment, His condemnation, His, uh, His avenge, avengeance is fall unto the enemy of God and those who follow, follow Him. Satan and the beast and the false prophet and come as a lie of the father and the, the father of lying, liars and to cheat us, to deceive us not to receive Heavenly Father's love but to reject Him. So at that day, this satanic group going to be in God's hand fall into His judgment. So, God going to condemn them and going to punish them. The verse number three saying, the smoke burning the great horror rising up forever and ever. My brothers and sisters, strange enough, in NIV use the present perfect tense, but original language just used the past tense. Why? And because for us, it's in the future. And to John, also in the future. His judgment is not, the final judgment is not happened yet. But when the, the, the angel opened his eyes and gave him this revelation, all God's judgment, just like his salvation, is happened, all happened. Because our God is transcendent beyond time and space. To him, there's no yesterday, today, or future. Everything is all open up on the front of God's eyes. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ is the same. And he sees one day as a thousand years. He sees thousand years as one day. He's, he's God beyond time and space. So his judgment, his plan of judgment is already happened. That's probably why the theology te teach us the already, already and the not yet. Telling us something definitely going to happen in our timetable. But for God, it's already happened. So he used the past tense. We praise him not only because his attributes, not only because of his, his, uh, his uh, action, but also his supremacy. 
Saying here, saying verse six, he he's the one sitting on the throne, and receive worship from the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures, representing the whole universe, all the saved, all the creature, and going to, that day going to worship him, and he is above all and in all, and because he, God Almighty, reigns. The timing of praise from seven to nine. Let's rejoice and be glad. Give him glory and give him glory. And the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to giving her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. My brother and sister, when you read this, are you? Do you feel excited or nothing? I feel if you can touch by reading His Word and say this is the time for the, for the wedding, for the marriage time of the Lamb. It has come. Now is the time. So after all the all the、um, judgment, all the、uh, disasters, all the、uh, tribulation. It's the time of the the wedding of the lamb, followed by saying the bride, the lady, was prepared, made herself ready. Be careful, saying made herself ready. Who is she? His church, right? But who is she? Are you in there? Who is this bride? That's all the Christians from old time. All the way to until his second coming, those are the children of God, and as his church, we are his bride. And here, saying the bride has made herself ready, fine linen, gleaming and white, we wear. What kind of a situation we are? We feel we are dirty, we are weak, we are nothing. But in God's eyes, under the blood of the Lamb, we are clean, we are gleaming, and white with fine linen. But wait a minute! This here say the fine linen is is the righteousness, but in the Greek language, use a plural righteousness. So righteousnessness. English probably doesn't have that word, right? But the the Greek is plural. That's why NIV or English Bible translating into righteous acts. That's a very good translation. It's not a right only righteousness, but how we do our deeds. So here, the bride, she wear the fine linen. It's her righteousness acts. Every day, she live out the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Everything, every thought, every decision, is according to Christ's will and power. And that's the the the、uh, the righteous acts from brothers and sisters. However, I let you to reread what we read before. Finally, bright and clean. Was given her to wear. 
is her feminine or the feminine was given to her? My brother and sister, which way? If you remember on the Christmas Sunday, uh, Christmas Sunday last year, not long ago, I preached, is grace free? If you remember, is his grace free? Yes, it's free. His salvation work on the cross, we never pay a penny. We cannot contribute anything to replace his salvation on the cross. So totally his salvation work. He gave us for free. But that day when we read the book of Philippians, it's saying we have to uh, put effort to do the work of salvation, works of salvation. If salvation is free, what kind of works do we need? This verse tells us very clearly. The finalin is our righteous acts. But however, was given by him. It's a gift. So the time we receive his salvation, we receive his life, Christ's life, holy and clean and pure and glorious and powerful and merciful and loving and care. This very life of Christ was given to us as a potential, as a capital for us to do business, to live our life. So it's a gift. It's a free gift. However, has to live out of ourselves as a righteous acts, as a, the works of salvation. So this bridal procession happened when this lady, this bride is ready. Are you ready? So the time of pra- timing of praise is the wedding of the lamb has come. It's the, the time of the readiness of the bride. And then verse 9 says, Bless those who are invited. This invited. This is the true word of God. And I have to uh, rush through this. And verse 10, probably in this chapter, is uh, kind of weird. Why? When John hear and see all this, good news, all of a sudden he fell down and worshipped. Here say, I fell as his feet to worship him. To worship him. Who is his feet? Who is him? The angel. The angel. Does John didn't know he should only worship the Lord, God Almighty, definitely he has that knowledge. However, I, when I read this, I add a little bit of my imagination. He was overwhelmed. I don't know if Pastor Chuck or David agree me, with me or not. When he heard all the good tidings of the wedding of the Lamb, he was overwhelmed with his joy. So he forgot and he just worshipped this angel as a messenger. Today, so often, we worship our pastors. Do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> we want us to worship us, to say, you are great. No, we're not deserving. Look at it, how this angel replied. He said, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant. 
I'm the son doulos. I'm a fellow, fellow servant with you and with your brother and sisters. He is a mighty angel carrying the message of the Lord. But he said, I am the same as you are, my apostle John. And all the brothers and sisters, Chinese or English speaking. And who hold to the testimony of Jesus himself? Praise God only. For he, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Can you see here the angel, how humble he is because he knows his, he knows his power. He knows his message. But he wants John to understand. Compared to the highness of, uh, of God himself, we all the same. We all soon do those. We all fellow servants and slaves. The only reason we worship because we are saved. We are, we are, we, we, we become the server of the true Lord. The focus, the center of attention, the meaning, the purpose of life as one is live for the Lord and worship Him only, the God Almighty. Just like the angel and all of us, we have a responsibility to share, to hold the testimony of Jesus Christ. So does the prophet. He said the spirit of prophecy is to bear the witness of Jesus. We all, the prophecy in the book of Revelation and in the entire Bible have one reason to bear the witness of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. When we see the vision, when we heard the revelation, if Jesus Christ is not there, it's not a true vision, it's not a true uh, revelation. He has to be there. And he has to be the one worshipped and, and, and the reverent. Dear, my, my dear brothers and sisters, we all hold, bear the witness of the testimony of Jesus Christ. So does the prophecies. And now, from the second part of this chapter, it changed theme. This chapter is a starting point of a grand finale of after the odd the tribulation. And this is the first two sins. Then the first one is a happy one, is a joyful one of the announcement of the wedding of the Lamb. But second half, it totally changed, become a battle. It's a battleground battlefield. And come with first verse 14. It's a, it's an army. This army follows the, the leader. And first we see the army, they ride, they, they're riding on a white horse. And the entire army follow him, the general. And the entire army wear what? Wear the same thing, the fine linen, clean and bright, pure and white. So first is the, the bride herself. Now this army of Christ. Uh, when we go out to a fight, to a battle, no, what should we bring? Just bring a clean cloth? No. We all, we need 
maybe handgun, maybe AK-47, or maybe anything else. <laughs> My brother, dear brothers and sisters, here, saying this heavenly army has not, never mentioned what kind of weapon do they bring. They just bring what they are. Fine linen, clean and pure. One day, you will see, we don't need, what we need is not money, it's not the uh, gift people, but the character of Jesus Christ living inside. If inside of us is white and pure, it's clean and gleaming, that's the, the feminine, feminine we wear. And that's the most powerful weapon of all. So many times, in the, even in the ministry, people and people accuse us, even even say some word they shouldn't, or, or they they criticize us, which we are not. Do we need to argue? Do we need to present ourselves, just like uh, in the early chapters? In the book of Revelation, those who are martyred, their cry out of the bottom of the altar. They said, how long, how long? You're going to vindicate us. You're going to condemn them. You're going to, you're going to show us your righteousness. Now is the time. And those God's army just need to be pure and white, wearing fine linen. Now we look at the, the victor himself. He also rode on the, um, on the white horse. His name is what? True, faithful, and true. And his eyes like a blaming fire. And he wear many crowns with name only himself understand. And not only that, he wear the rope, the clothes, dipped in blood. So many preachers, so many Bible commentators say those are the blood he shed on the cross. Some people saying, no, this is because the blood of the enemies. I don't know which side is more right. But this is a scenery, this is a scene of a battle. So of course, his, his white fine linen with blood, dipped with blood. And his name is the Word of God. And on his clothes and his thigh, there's another name. How many names in this paragraph? How many? Three. Can you remember? What is the first name? Faithful and true. What's the second? Now I have a color, right? The second one is the Word of God. The third one is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So this rider of the white horse is totally different from the first uh, first seal. The first seal, the the, uh, the rider of the white horse was Antichrist. This is the true Christ. His name is uh, faithful and true. His name is the Word of God. 
His name is King of Kings and Lord of us. No one else but Jesus Christ. I uh, copied uh, this picture. I, uh, I think the, the next one will be better because this one has a sword, sharp sword of his mouth. But I don't, I don't believe any other painter can paint the true Christ and his victorious army. Followed by verse 15 and 16. Sing had a sharp sword of his mouth. Strike down nations. And he used iron scepter to rule those nations. And he struts the wine press of the furious of God's wrath. The moment you hear, you see those verses. Those are not beautiful. Those are not uh, kind. Those are not, those are not merciful. Because it's in the battle. It's in the, the last battle. So many uh, Bible readers say this is the final battle. What will happen in the plan of Megiddo and the, 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 uh, the battle of Armageddon? And that day, an army from the, from the east, army from the north, and we'll gather together, surround Israelites. But at that moment, this white horse, white army with Christ will be coming. And there are two more points here, or three. The first, the calling of those birds, flying fowls. And because they may be ready for a big feast. Feast by what? By the meat, by the dead body of those generals, kings, and the army of, of Satan. And, and then the foes of this uh, beast and the, the army of the, of, of the kings and going to fight against the heavenly army. The, the, uh, the final, the, the result is the beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet going to be thrown into the lake of sulfur. And the rest will be killed by sword gouged by the birds. That's chapter 19. And some people were wondering, where is Caleb and Esther uh, went last weekend? Yeah, we, uh, I was invited by a church in New Jersey. Um, to speak in their uh, leadership retreat. Uh, but I never thought the, the service was just Saturday. So Sunday was free. So I drove five hours to there and drove five hours back and only for a short retreat. So I asked uh, my wife to go with me because we haven't go back to New Jersey uh, for more than 10 years, probably 13 or 14 years. And the reason we stay, we want to visit our old campus in New Jersey and visit uh, the churches we used to be in. And uh, we are looking for a special building. This picture was taken more than 30 uh, years ago. And so Saturday after we finished the, uh, the service in that church, so we went to the town of Ruthifer. And however, we... We, uh, we drove on the street. We couldn't find this building. 
We were very disappointed because uh, we forgot the name of the building. We forgot even name the street. And we thought it would be easy because we normally go there uh, back at uh, the time we, we went to that uh, place uh, every week. So, but the weather was so nice. So Saturday, we went uh, to the hotel, and uh, um, the next morning, I woke up about Sunday morning. I woke up about 5 o'clock, and thank God, I have some information in my computer, the old pictures there. I could find the name of, the, of that building. So I, and by 6 o'clock, my wife actually woke up. I said, good news, I found it. Yeah, I can, I already Googled it. I already found, I, I know exactly where it is. So pay attention. Is it the same building? Is that the same building? Look like one, right? Look like that one. Yeah, the only difference is 35 years. So we went back there to, uh, before, but we never able to went back inside the building. I said to my wife, it's a church. So the best way to go inside is to worship with them. It's a Christian church. It's a <clears throat> Methodist church. So we went in. The church become a smaller church. Used to be a Caucasian church. Now half of them look like a, a Korean or Chinese. And so we just blend right into them, just like you are. And then uh, uh, very we well, should be be noticed by all, but. But because that church only have probably 30, 40 people. So very uh, clear, those two are visitors. And uh, the Korean, uh, the, the pastor, also a Korean pastor. And uh, um, he used uh, uh, the King Kinglish, just like I am used the Chinglish. And so after his preaching and his Bible reading, I, Esther and I were over, over excited and they asked us, why you're here? We are there to celebrate our 35th anniversary in the same church building. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> 35 years ago, our wedding was very on the low end, all the preparation. And we don't have much on the reception table. Our guests, not more than 40. And all graduate students and some people from the church, from the Chinese church, used the basement of that church building. And uh, the photographers was our, were our friends. They are not professionals. So Esther, all this for 35 years, he has a major complaint. All the pictures, we cannot tell who was the bride. <laughs> and he has her veil at the front of her face, or the photographer took a picture from my side, and my, my, my size is this big, and she's hiding there. So there's, so it's a big secret, unless this picture. That's the only picture showing her face. <laughs> and uh, 
And back then, we don't know the, the taste of aging together. We have no idea to give birth to our children, how to raise them. We don't know the tears. We don't know the brokenhearted and joy. And now, we stood on the same spot as 20, 35 years ago. Our, our emotions are very mixed. My brother and sister, that's our God's, God's mercy. It's no seven years each. It's a honeymoon for a thousand years, millennium. I know my time is up. It's all his joy, all his grace. We are able to stand in here to share his grace. My brothers and sisters, this for you and I to foretaste the wedding of the Lamb. You, you, going to be there. Praise the Lord.